Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Ryan Meeks, and after years of trying to make life work as a struggling artist, independent filmmaker, and musician, I thought to myself, hey, self, wouldn't it be helpful to ask other artists how they're finding their path in this world? And so now, that's exactly what I'm doing on a bi-weekly basis. Welcome to the Path of Art. Okay, so today on our podcast, we have a great artist, Heather Olson. Tell me a little about yourself. Yeah, um, I was born and raised here in Utah. Utah um, native. Yep. All right. <laughs> Traveled a little bit, but I've always lived here. So, um, And I currently live and work in my studio and everything out in Riverton, Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, I live there with my cat, so... Um, Cats are fun. They, <laughs> they keep things interesting, right? Yeah, they Knock sure do. over all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he loves to do that. And then look at me. See, make sure I was watching. Um, I, you know, besides art, I've been painting and drawing my whole life, pretty much. Um, but I love music and cars and, you know, awesome. well, a little bit when, of everything. When did you get... When did you get started, like on on art, like a, at a young age? Like, what what introduced you to drawing and painting? Yeah, um, I honestly have been interested in it since I could hold a crayon. I mean, I was always that little kid drawing everything, you know. Um, right, like so, like you you saw a snowman outside, and you're like, I got to draw that. exactly. Like, yep, yeah. yep. I always draw my cats because I've you know always grown up with cats, or whatever. Uh, my sisters, you know. My sister got a new car, so I had to draw her car. <laughs> yes, the, the old kids' drawings of cars. Yeah. Those were always on. I did those too, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so I always had an interest in it. And then when I was about eight, there was a lady in the neighborhood who just held a little art class once a week in her basement. You know, just kids from around the neighborhood could get together and and draw and um, learn different techniques and different styles and and she was a pretty great artist so she'd help us with you know seeing things and whatever and and that's when I just skyrocketed I looked forward to that once a week class and couldn't wait till the next week and you know so I just loved it and I'd go home and keep drawing and basically that's all I did just stayed in my room and drew I mean art is like it's a hard field to to be successful in and mm-hmm. uh so why do you pursue art as your career? Yeah, um, good question. <laughs> Some days I ask myself, like, why am I doing this? What? Um, but it really is just, I can't imagine doing anything else, honestly. Um, I've been doing it my whole life and just have this drive, this need to paint and draw. It is tricky, though. I mean, um, as an artist, you're kind of laying your 
thoughts on paper and your emotions out there, and it's very vulnerable to put that out into the world. And you know, if someone buys your painting, they're kind of buying a piece of you. Um, so it's it's a tricky field for sure, but um, it's just rewarding for me. It's not to say that every painting is great, and every painting I'm like, yeah, this, this is great, but um, it, the ups and downs are worth it. So sometimes it's some days where I have a hard time getting out to the studio and painting, but the days that I do and I do a successful painting and that connects with someone or I do a commission um, for someone who has lost someone recently, you know, and I, and I paint a portrait of that person and it just brings this peace and comfort to them that honoring that person and their memory and that kind of thing, that just makes it all worth it for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I do it just because I enjoy it a little bit. So there's a little bit of selfish reasons as well, but also just to bring some joy and beauty and peace to the world and just to kind of put put out art out there. I think art is really important and I think it, we all kind of connect to it on some level. And So what experience led, to you, led you to pursuing your passion as a career? I mean, there were a few along the way, but the, the biggest one for me was when I was 16. Um, like I said, I was doing that art class from when I was eight and entering art things in school and, you know, contests or whatever. And when I was 16, I entered a Utah Artist Expo art contest. So it was kind of like a statewide thing. Um, and I didn't really know what it was, but I entered it and um, actually ended up winning third place. Um, and I was the youngest artist to enter and and place. And, and how old were you again? 16. 16? Mm-hmm. How, how old was it, was everyone else? Like the... I mean, the average age was, I don't know. Like our age now? Yeah, like 30. Yeah, right? <laughs> so old. No, just kidding. Yeah, we're, um, getting, we're getting really old. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was 16 and the, the judge actually told me, you know, he said, you're pretty young to be entering this and to, to win third place is pretty cool. And I think you should really consider doing this as a career if this is something you enjoy. And and it was that point that I even realized you could do art as a career. I didn't think that was even a possibility, you know. So I was like, oh, well, that's cool. I can draw for my career and actually make money at it and make a living at it. That That would be amazing. So that's kind of when I started gearing myself towards going to art school and and kind of gearing my sights towards being an artist as a profession. So you had a a pretty good vision of what you wanted to be early on in life, like in your teens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I wanted to be a teacher or whatever. And at that point, when I was 16 in high school, I was thinking about college and whatever. And so I was thinking about going into psychology or anthropology or writing, you know, something of that avenue. Um so I, art wasn't actually even on the table at that point until he said something. And I was like, oh, well, okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and so, wow. So what, what led to your, um, to your like, leap of faith? I mean, you obviously went to, um, you know, you went to college and, and, and you, you just had this vision that you were just following the whole time. Mm-hmm. There had to be at some point um, when you had to, step into the darkness where you're mm-hmm. just like, okay, I'm just going for it now. Mm-hmm. What was that? So that was 
quite a few years ago now, but um, I was actually a teacher, a special education teacher um, up at Pingree, a school for kids with autism. And I was there for a couple of years and um, loved my job, but I was still doing art part-time. So I was I was at the academy, the art academy, um, and doing that part-time and then had this full-time job as a teacher. Um, and I was actually up for a promotion at the school, which would, what little time I had right now for art would have been completely obliterated with this promotion. I just, art would have gone totally to the back burner and I probably wouldn't have painted or drawn or anything. Um, so I kind of was at this crossroads. Do I take the promotion or do I go the art route, which would entail me quitting my job and going straight into the fire. Um, and my professor at the time at the art academy thought I had the skill set and thought I had the drive to be able to make it as an artist. And my dad was pushing for it and my family was very supportive of it. And um, and I just felt like, okay, you know, I, I can't give up art, so I'm going to I'm going to do this. So I quit my job, my full-time career, the benefits, the 401k, you know, the whole thing, and just went straight full-time art. And yeah, that was kind of like, yeah, like you said, a leap into the darkness. Just, I don't know what's going to happen, but (laughs) here we go, quitting everything I know and just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who's tried this on multiple occasions. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not worked out very right. well. It is a very frightening thing to It really is. to uh to get off of that safety net of, mm-hmm. you know, the corporate world or having, you know, the like you said, the 401k, the consistent jobs. Right. And uh it's it's a very scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um what tell me about some of the times that uh like some of those lull times where you weren't sure, you know, where your next paycheck was going to come from like yeah how did how did you get through that yeah and like you said it is kind of a it's not like i took that leap of faith and then everything was brilliant and dandy and you know everything worked out perfectly no that's not how it went at all it never worked that way (laughs) as much as we would love for that to happen no Um, yeah, it was, it was scary and it was dark and there were times where, yeah, I, I sometimes had like 20 bucks to my name and I was like, do I buy art supplies this week or do I eat this week? Uh, you know, I don't know what's, what's going to happen. So there was, there was a point in time when I went back to school, um, at the U to, to get my degree and I was living off of top ramen, you know? Yeah. Well, let's jump into your first success. Like what, what did that look like? The, the first time that you, you got either a, a commission or something that you thought this could work. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I mean, it, it kind of started small and I just kind of took these little successes as they came. I mean, my first commissions were my friends <laughs> and family at first, that, you know. That, that's how it starts out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like my mom liked my paintings and, you know. <laughs> you work for free for a very long time for friends and family right. and then hopefully you build up a portfolio. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's rough. Yeah. Um it started, I mean, friends and family, and then that kind of got out a little bit to, you know, friends of friends and people who saw something or heard, oh, you did a painting for this person, I would like one too. And and so that was kind of a success for me that people outside of knowing me as a person and maybe just trying to support me, you know, um, actually liked my work. So that meant that my work was good enough now that people who didn't know me were still 
willing to pay for me to paint a portrait for them or a landscape or whatever it is. Um, so these kind of little successes along the way are what kind of got me there. Um, I mean, there was a, a, some bigger successes actually more recently that kind of put me up on, you know, put me on the map, basically put my name out there and um, felt like I was kind of playing with some of the, the bigger leagues, you know, some of these artists that I had looked up to and things. We were now in the same gallery and doing shows together. And that was just surreal for me. Right. Um, yeah. So I would say just kind of take the little successes and, and it just kind of builds. It's going to get bigger and bigger and your name's going to get out there. And and yeah. so it just kind of got to a point where you you saw you you had enough of these little projects where you were like, this is starting to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I started just applying to shows, even though I was, you know, I I always felt like I wasn't good enough, or my work wasn't good enough. All those insecurities that we have, you know. But I was like, well, you just got to go for it. And the worst they can do is say no, right? So I'd apply to shows, and then as I started to get into some of these shows, I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe this, maybe I could do this, and maybe this could actually work, and. Um, I actually had a friend of mine tell me that, and that was a huge, huge thing for me. So what did, what exactly did they say? So it was someone that I look up to, and I went to his show. He had a solo show up in Park City, and um, I had just done this painting that was a little bit more like my style, like I was kind of coming into my style a little mm-hmm. bit, and... Um, and it had sold in New York recently and, you know, that, that in and of itself was like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, (laughs) so we were talking about this painting that I had done and he said, you know, you're going to make it. And I wish someone had told me that at early in my career. So just, just know that you're, you're going to make it, you'll be all right. And that was huge for me. You know, I was once told that if you're, if you're not around people that are like pushing you forward, then you're around the wrong people. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to touch on more of Heather's career and where she's going, where she's been uh, right after a small break. So we'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, welcome back. We are here with Heather Olson, a Utah artist who is just seeing a budding career that is going in some great places. So uh, let's touch back on, uh, we were talking about your first success in mm-hmm. your career. And that's when your friend had uh, told you that you're going to move forward and go go forward with this. What what lesson did you learn from that success there? Um, just to have the confidence to keep going. And, um, you know, it it was helpful to have some outside reassurance that maybe someone besides my mom (laughs) was like, you can do (laughs) this. Mom always always likes my paintings. (laughs) Exactly. 
I think of it as more of like a, a validating thing. Like, okay, so if someone doesn't know me, thinks this is good. Exactly. Then maybe it's good. Exactly. Because then at that point, it's about the work and not about you. You know, my mom loves me. So anything, you know, like, <laughs> right, right. so that's great. But it, but some random person or someone who doesn't know me or has any obligation to me at all likes my work. That means that the work itself can stand alone right. on its own. So right. that's great. And so how did, um, how did you start putting your stuff out there? And I think, I think that's a good topic to touch on because I mean, when you, when you're doing art, you, you, you get the art stuff down, right? Mm-hmm. It's the getting yourself out there. Yeah. It's, uh, they don't really teach you in art school. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. what did, what did you start to do to get your stuff out there? Um, using social media was basically my main thing that I used. So I would post on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. And that, and that started as, you know, still just putting it out there for my friends. Um, and when people started liking it or, or commenting on it or things like that, that kind of gave me the confidence. And then I also would apply to shows and that one was a little bit more of a, a scale for me because if I apply to a show where a judge has no idea who I am and is not my friend, you know, and it's not on Facebook and whatever, and and my show my work gets into that show, then maybe it is pretty good, you know, maybe I, I am doing the right thing that I it's going somewhere. Um, so yeah, social media is huge, and the more you know, you'll get more followers and things and whatever, and people who maybe aren't your friends will start to follow you, whatever, but. Um, for me, it was applying to shows. That's kind of how I got my work out there, and kind of how I gauged where I was. So, you so know? is it hard to get into those to those shows? I, I've never tried myself, but is it is it a pretty difficult process? Is there a lot of rejection you have to go through? Um, depends on the show, but yeah, I mean, rejection is I would say like. You know, it's like 90% rejection, a couple of <laughs> acceptance, which makes those acceptance ones even bigger, you know, like that, that joy is even because you're expecting the rejection and then you get in and, oh, it's so cool. Um, there, it just depends on the show. I mean, I would apply mostly to local shows and things at first, just kind of, you know, get my feet wet a little bit mm-hmm. and um, and then kind of branch out to more national shows and worldwide shows and, and try, I mean... Worst they can do is say no. So, mm-hmm. just was, just apply. Was there ever a point where you where you doubted yourself? Because there is a ton of rejection, especially yeah. in, in a in any creative aspect or uh, not aspect, but any any creative field. Right. There's just so much rejection you have to go through. Was there was there a point where you weren't so sure anymore? And, oh yeah, all and, the time. <laughs> and how did how did you get through that? I mean, what did you do? Um, I just you just got to keep going, like. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time, even still, like even even if I have some success under my belt and I have galleries and I have this stuff, there are still some days where, you know, I'm like, man, I don't know how to paint. I don't know if I can do this. You know, This painting is not turning out how I wanted it to. It's a waste of time, you know, kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Um, and especially in the beginning, especially when I was starting out, there were so many times and I did keep several other jobs, you know, to kind of fall back on or or subsidize or whatever but um that rejection it is hard no matter how many times it happens or how used to it you feel like you are <laughs> rejection is just hard and it gets right. you down for sure so. right yeah and so what what was next for you after that what what happened uh after it was a show that that friend had uh, had told you that um, you, you were going to be successful. I mean, you have this this huge this huge boost of confidence. Uh, I just kept painting 
and applying to shows and maybe applying to bigger shows or stuff that I thought I couldn't get into before. So it, so it gave you more confidence to move from the, the, the small things you were mm-hmm. doing to go to the bigger things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. To apply to maybe more than like the national shows outside of Utah to maybe do some bigger paintings or, you know. <clears throat> I know you do a lot of portraiture mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, do you um, do you have a higher purpose in your mind uh, that that you consider your art to be? And, and I know there's there's probably some like um, uh, you know some some things that you have about like why you like portraiture and and uh, and, and such kind of paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is what is the higher purpose in your mind that uh, that you do art for? Yeah, for me, it's very much about emotion. I tend to be a pretty emotion-based person, (laughs) you know, that empath personality type person. Um, And so the reason I love faces and animals and human faces and um, even scenes where something is going on uh, is just that emotion and that narrative, like thinking about what is this person thinking or feeling or, you know, I've felt that way before too and now I connect with this painting because I've been there or, um, you know, whatever emotion it is, I just feel like emotion is kind of what drives most behavior in, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of what we live off of. And, um, and I, I like to capture that in the paintings and kind of show that human experience of, of we all have emotion and that's what drives pretty much everything, you know, instinct and everything is all based off of emotion and every action that you do. And, um, and so that is kind of like the connector, I feel like, of this energy and human um, interaction and everything is is just kind of based on that that basic emotion, that basic need. And so, how do you uh, integrate your style into into that philosophy, and and kind of kind of describe what what your style is? I know that uh, me looking at at your your paintings and stuff, there's there's kind of a um, there's a softness but a rigidness to it. Mm-hmm. If you know, and yeah, you know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, kind of describe your style and how how it accentuates um, your your preference on drawing emotion. Yeah, it kind of goes off of um, you know that brushwork, that brush, like the brush strokes, and I and I think that's what you're talking about that softness mm-hmm. and the hardness. Um, I try to be very deliberate with my brush brush strokes, but also very expressive. Um, And I think just because I myself am a very emotional person, I tend to pour that emotion into my painting as I'm painting. Um, So you can usually tell if I'm really mad (laughs) or sad or, you know, whatever when I painted something. Um, And the the push and pull between the, the soft and the hard is kind of like that push and pull of... You know, our emotions versus judgment versus critical thinking versus, you know, kind of like that stuff. The yin and yang. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I consciously think that ev- with every brushstroke, right, right. but I do think that comes to play in it for sure. And that's why I do have so many like soft edges and then some hard edges. And, and that's what kind of creates that vibration and the push and pull and the hard versus soft and yeah yin and yang right (laughs) right great that's that's amazing um well we're going to take another quick break here and uh we will be back and we're going to be talking about uh heather's experience on one of her biggest successes of her career 
which I'm really excited to talk about. And so we'll be right back. Awesome. We're going to talk about a very big success that she had in her career. I don't, I don't know if it's the biggest one. You could tell me that. But let's talk about the IHC painting that you did. Uh, was that a commission? Yes. And and so how did you make that connection there to get that commission? So it was kind of a series of steps to get that connection and get and to get that commission. Um, there was, you know, kind of going back to putting your work out there. And I did this painting um, beginning of COVID when the whole world shut down and um, it was a really scary time and nurses were you know, the heroes um, of the world. And my sister's a nurse. So I saw these stories of healthcare workers sleeping in their cars and, you know, just kind of these heart-wrenching stories. And I wanted to do something to honor them. So I did a painting of a nurse putting on her gloves. Um, And I didn't do anything with that painting. All I did was post it, um, post a picture of it on, on my Facebook, my own personal Facebook and Instagram. And one of the connections that I have, an artist friend who also works at um, one of the museums here in, in Salt Lake, sent that to the newspaper who then put it, you know, did a whole article on it and several other artists who were doing art during COVID. And um, they actually put it on the front page, which was amazing for me. That was the first time I had ever. So this was this was just a friend that you had that was like. I'm going to make sure that people see this thing, this awesome thing that Heather did. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it is like so important to have those people around you that are in your corner. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what happened from there? So from there, you know, the newspaper reached out and and got my story and got my painting and, you know, all that stuff. And it was in the newspaper. Super awesome. And that kind of led to some openings of commissions at IHC. So I had done some personal commissions for there was a team of healthcare workers who from here in Utah went to New York when you know things were crazy in New York just to help out and volunteer um, which I thought was really cool so I did some commissions for those people um, and some prints just to say thank you for all that you do and whatever Um, and one of those people who went to New York was the marketing director at IHC and so he wanted to do a whole campaign of you know, COVID and our healthcare heroes and, you know, like they can, because they were really having a hard time and kind of wanted to push them through it and and do this whole campaign and asked me if I would, if I would do that, if I'd be the artist to paint this painting, that was the campaign. Um, So I met with their marketing directors and things and they kept saying the word hero and like, um, you know, kind of like these Avengers type we can do this, right. you know. <laughs> so, so look. Actually, looking at the poster, I can kind of see. Was it kind of structured after like mm-hmm. an Avengers poster? It was. Oh. Yep. Yep. That makes so much sense now. Yep. Okay, yeah. So that's the idea. They they just kept throwing out that word, and I kept thinking of the Avengers. You know, where they're like facing each other, just like this epic kind of scene. Or, or that pose where they're like, they're like right. turned around, looking <laughs> over their shoulder. Right? Exactly. Yep. But then there's like little vignettes of people do it, you know, like right. that. Yeah. Of the, of things that happen in the movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly the vision that I had come to mind every time. So I did a quick little sketch of, um, of that, that came to mind. And that's why that whole hero poster is, is kind of there. So I did the three kind of the big 
hitters, you know, the nurse, the doctor, the respiratory therapist, kind of these big players, and then um, some little vignettes of of like everyone. It takes everyone. There was a um, there was like a social worker. There was a cleaning personnel, um, businessman. You know, kind of behind the scenes mm-hmm. vaccine testing. Um, you know, interns. Like there was. Everyone who worked in the healthcare industry, kind of in these little vignettes, doing things like running, um, COVID testing with the swabs, you know, just little little things that they would be doing. Um, yeah, and so I did that sketch, and then started on the painting, and and they were really great. We actually started out with just an idea of a little eight by ten, and as more figures were added, and as more ideas got bigger, the painting just grew and grew and grew and grew. <laughs> You know, and eventually it was like four feet by five feet. So (laughs) started out this little thing and then ended up being this ginormous thing that I had to have a special easel that went up and down and, you know. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Because I'm very short. So, um, yeah. I didn't think you were that short. (laughs) You're not that short. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So it would just turn out to be this huge painting with multi-figures and multi-ideas and just kept getting added to and everything. Um, but it ended up being one of the best projects I've ever worked on and one of, definitely the most challenging. I mean, I'd never done anything like that before. The whole giant painting with, I think it has like 10 or 12 figures in it. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and if you've never done figure painting, it is the most, it's one of the most time consuming things to paint as, oh, yeah. as a human figure. It's, 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 it's quite a lot of work. Yeah. So. So, how many are how many figures are in that painting? Um, let's see. I want to say definitely more a than like ballpark of like five. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere, but yeah, probably between. Well, we there's four so big ones, it, and then yeah. and then a few vignettes. So, uh, probably yeah, probably about yeah. So that's ten-ish. I don't know. That's how much time do you think went into that? Like doing like a like a standard. Um, portrait of someone. I mean, that's easy. Forty hours, right? So, how how much time did you put into this? Um, it was from like from idea to completion was about six months, and it was kind of you know a little bit of like time is of the essence on this thing, you know, because they wanted to get this campaign going, and um, the timing was was pretty imperative for them. Um, so, I worked on it a lot like I was in the studio some days till like one or two in the morning <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um if if I was on a roll I was like okay I just got to get this one figure done and then I can I can go and um and there were changes made here and there just colors and you know trying to get it perfect and just right and everything so um yeah about six months on on just that one painting yeah. And so in those figures that are in that painting, um, I, you mentioned that, that your sister was a nurse. Mm-hmm. Is she in the painting? Um, Kind of. There is one figure that looks a little bit like her. It's not her. Like it's not she didn't pose for me or anything like that. But um, it's it resembles her quite a bit. And it's the nurse. So okay, <laughs> gotcha. it's the one that's that would be her. Um. <laughs> Yeah, because she was for sure just the inspiration behind it. And of those figures, the weird thing about this painting, too, was I generally need to look at something, right? So I need, right. like, the model right that's, there. That's a 
that's a thing. That's an illusion that that people have about art is that you could just come up with this stuff in your mind, and and maybe there are some out, artists out there that have done it so much that they can. Right. But in general, I I, I had, had to tell this to my daughter that. You need to look at something. Mm-hmm. You need to look at something and try to draw that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's how artists work. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. So a lot of the idea and concept came from my head. And I would make up some stuff, like some of the small figures. I mm-hmm. would make up some things here and there just out of my head, not have a reference. But mm-hmm. especially for the big figures and the big faces, like I, you know, I would try to find someone who was in that same pose or looking the same way and and try to and and do that so it wasn't actual people at ihc or anything like that like no one posed for me or anything um they did send me a whole bunch of pictures so there are some people in that painting um that are slightly based off of pictures from ihc so when i went and met the staff and um we did the unveiling at ihc there were a couple of the people there that were in the in the pictures and so I was like oh hey you're you're in the painting you're right there (laughs) slightly I mean obviously I changed it so it doesn't look exactly like them but it was just kind of funny that they were like hey that kind of looks like me well yeah probably (laughs) probably slightly is (laughs) so so I, I imagine what was going through your mind while doing this I mean it's a pretty incredible painting oh thank you and what was going through your mind just about the concept and um and the purpose for it, like while you're painting this and you're knowing that it's going to be up in IHC. Yeah. Um, honestly, it was very helpful to have those connections and to meet a lot of the staff at IHC before doing this painting because I did think about them and hear their stories. I mean, a lot of them would tell me, you know, what's going on in the hospital and what's happening or what happened in New York, that kind of stuff. And so while I was painting it, there was that emotion that I was thinking about them and thinking about what they were going through and their families and how scary it would be to, you know, and have to deal with people dying all the time and nothing you can do about it and having to turn people away who are very sick and uh, just these horrible stories and scenarios that I can't even imagine. Here I am, stu- you know, painting in my studio, thinking about these things, painting these people, Um and so it was very humbling and I was very honored to be able to do this and knowing it was going to go in IHC and knowing that these people who I had met were going to see it every day and walk by it. And so it was really important to me that it was that it was perfect, that it was everything that they wanted and more and that it showed that emotion and really captured what these people are actually doing, like how heroic these people are and that kind of goes back to that hero theme that you know so the whole time it's just kind of this epic like these people are heroes and they are the avengers exactly (laughs) 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 who needs tony stark we've got nurses (laughs) right right that's great yeah well and so they seem like pretty good clients to work with and it was a you know it was an inspiring project as well Mm -hmm. and um it, it it seems like a, a good experience. Um, have you ever had any clients where it it hasn't been a good experience and you doubted whether you uh, uh, could even finish the project? And ha- how, did, how did you deal with that if you have? Yeah. Um, I mean, every project is a little bit different. This one was amazing. They were great to work with. Um, some projects... 
it just seems, you know, it sometimes the control, the creative control can get a little bit in the way where some some projects they you know they want to control every little detail um which sometimes is great and sometimes if it conflicts with you know i'll, I'll be like oh that's not going to work for this painting yeah. you know it's kind of hard <laughs> isn't it also hard to uh like because you have all this experience as an artist you know how to compose stuff on a you know on on paper on canvas and you know what's going to look good is it mm-hmm. is it hard sometimes when when a client just doesn't want to listen to that yeah and it doesn't turn out as well and i you know i try to tell them that like i don't think that's going to look as good and then i do it because they want it and and then it doesn't look good and then it, they get mad at me because it doesn't look good i'm like i tried to tell you you know <laughs> right <laughs> so it can be a little frustrating um when there is that kind of control power shift a little bit and and I'm always happy on all my commissions I tell everyone you know if something looks off or whatever because a lot of times they know the person better than I do and 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 there are times where they'll shift something even IHC had a couple of you know like oh let's adjust this a little bit or just that little bit and that's totally fine it's just when um sometimes they're a little unbudging or they kind of come into it with a negative attitude and a negative mm-hmm. energy. That's, that's hard because they're already expecting it to fail from the get go and there's nothing I can right. do to change their mind, you know? Right. So, <laughs> and, and so do you just, is, is your, is your key to getting through that? Just keeping a positive attitude to, mm-hmm. you know, just doing as they say, even though you know that in the end, they're probably going to be like, I don't like this. And then right. you have to repaint it. Right. Just is, is the, is, is the, is the key keeping that positive attitude? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. At least that's what works for me. Um, yeah, just kind of trying to be positive and be like, okay, well, they asked for this and so I'm just going to do it and, you know, hope for the best. And I'll probably have to repaint this, but <laughs> but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And um, so, yeah, just, I really try to just keep a positive attitude as much as possible. I mean, every once in a while I vent a little bit, but... <laughs> hey, we all, we all have to. It happens, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, just trying to, like, do the best that I can. I mean, that's really all I can do. Right. You know, so. Okay. So, well, what's what's next for Heather Olson? What are what are you moving on to next? Um, right now, I'm currently stress painting. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm part of an art battle competition. So right before. So so is that like rap battling? <laughs> kind of, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty How does intense. That work? <laughs> I mean, it, it's very similar. That's funny. I, I hadn't made that connection. That's really funny. Um, so there's 16 artists around the world um, mm-hmm. in various cities and whatever um, painting a big canvas, 18 by 24 canvas, which, you know, is not a not a small canvas. That's right. a pretty big size in 20 minutes. Ooh. Yeah. So you have to complete the painting from start so, to finish. So you, you got to think about this. Like a a full on commission like portrait like even like one that's like you know not very big that, right like eight by ten a, a, good, or a good forty yeah. hours goes into that like mm-hmm. if if you're if you're like if you're not rushing and like mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how you can rush a painting are you doing oil or uh-huh. you know, oil wow yeah because <laughs> that doesn't dry quick nope acrylic dries and you can just paint over it right exactly <laughs> right? yeah wow okay so twenty minutes yep. 
Yep, 20 minutes. And you're on stage, and it's, I mean, it is kind of like a rap battle because. He... So, yeah, like, so you're on a stage doing this against each other. Right, exactly. Minutes. So yeah. it is It is the rap battle of art. It is, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I never. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's what it is. And then the audience, and exactly like rap battle, the audience votes for their favorite. So you are competing against, um, and they have, you know, um, they divide it up into two rounds, and then two artists from that round win, and then they go to a final. So that's that's the rap battle portion is the <laughs> final, you know, up on stage, these artists battling it out. And, um, and the same thing, 20 minutes, wow. complete the painting, get it done, get it voted on. Hopefully you win. Hopefully people like it enough to win. And um, so I did that. In 2020, right before the shutdown. So you have done this before. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, there was one in Salt Lake, and I went to it, and I, I was shocked that I won that. I, like, literally shocked. So, so like, you you won, like, first place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, now, and then the world shut down for two years, so they right. just started it back up, kind of pick up where they left off. So in two weeks, I'm going to Chicago for the Midwest Regional Competition. So all the city winners... Of the Midwest, you know, Utah, Colorado, Nevada, that kind of stuff, um, are going to battle it out <laughs> um, for the national spot, which will be two weeks later. And if I win that, I would go to Texas. And then from there, it's the world. So people from, wow. you know, France and Canada, all around the world are going to go to Tokyo and do the final art battle competition and then that's like that's that that's the biggest you know so yeah that, that so sounds, I've been stress painting <laughs> yeah that sounds like that sounds like a ride that you need to be prepared for <laughs> yeah yeah I just uh you know keep timing the clock in my studio twenty minutes and you know every once in a while I can get them done and like oh I did it but sometimes like oh dang it I didn't finish okay I got to do another one you know so. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, of course, thanks this for has having been, me. This has been great. Just getting to know more about you as you know, as a person and an artist, and, and your journey up until where you are. All right. Anyone out there, if you're interested in seeing more of Heather Olson's art, uh, she's got her own website. It's heatherolsonart.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do you have any other social media that uh, that that people can visit to see more of what you've done and what you're doing? Yeah, I do stay more up to date on my social media than my website. It takes me a little bit to update my website. So um, my social media is all just Heather Olson art. So Instagram, Twitter, you know, all the things. It's all just Heather Olson art. Thank you for listening to The Path of Art. If you or someone you know is creative and would like to tell your story, reach out to me at rmeeks at ksl.com. I might feature you on the show. If you liked our conversation, please make sure you follow the show and give us a five-star rating and review. It really does help people to discover the show. Also, make sure you follow the Path of Art podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.